Freaking good day, and welcome to Oceanic Gaming Radio. That's OGR, baby. Episode 64. Uh, yeah, 64 of these, boys. Well done. That's a GG. lot, isn't it? Five more. Yes. What? Five yeah. more. <laughs> Five more. Oh, yeah. That's when we give Absolutely. up. 69. Nice. We've made it. <laughs> made it nice. Uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, you look forward to that episode. But anyways, my name's Captain Perth. Great to be here. And alongside me, as always, my wonderful pals, Grizzly Gaming 86 and Pavlova Face. Fellas, how we doing? We doing good all right? Evening. Ahoy, ahoy. Oh, bit, bit Very tired. good. Bit tired. Boys had, had a big one. Fuck. And <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Did you actually have a big one? Or you talking shit. I had a pretty busy one. I had a very, some clips. Very, what very happened, big night uh, Saturday night. One of my best mates' uh, birthdays. I got on the sauce. On the sauce. Yeah, big time. Big. Is big, there a bit of beer pong happening, Pav? There was a lot of beer pong. I lost every game I played. Miserably oh, lost. God. So, yeah, no wonder you you were so pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Couldn't uh, couldn't hit the <laughs> couldn't hit the jump shots, mate. Or what? No, what happened? I, I don't think I got a single ball in. Not that I remember. Look, after the second <laughs> game, the night is hazy. The night is hazy, but <laughs> uh, other than that, I did a <clears throat> did a few gaming related things as well, which is pretty pretty fun times. Um, Ground Zero, um, we know Ground Zero. Uh, they yeah, had an activation. Wonderful affiliation. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they were they had an activation over in Jindalup, um Lakeside uh, Mall, what Lakeside Shopping yeah. Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Shopping Center. Yep. Uh, they had a little tournament uh, and a very cool activation space. Uh, they had their pro team flown over from uh, the other side of Oz. I can't remember where they're located, but the, their pro team was over doing some meet and greets with the, with the community. It was really cool seeing the interactions with like um, the fans and th- like their fans and stuff was That's pretty, cool, pretty cool. There was a constant flow the whole time. Such There's a, a little cool competition, eh, Pavan? Yeah. Didn't someone win, was a team won a thousand bucks and some yeah, other stuff, was, eh? I think it was what? Serious? like a, they had a very, very solid prize pool. So they had did a Where? quick Tony. Uh, I think they also did some uh, players versus the pros matches as well. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. I think they're heading over to internationals really soon as well. It's going to be cool to follow that story as well. Nice, mate. Nice. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, what else did I do Saturday? I also, on, <laughs> after that <laughs> Saturday, we did uh, Anime in the Valley, a, a little pop-up anime stall um uh community market in uh in the right. swan valley which is really in cool the swan a, valley yeah got a yeah. quick commission there we're really good to uh chat to the community out out on that side as well did you cosplay uh, pev no 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 i was only uh, i was just popping in to see see uh who came around do you, from... do you ever cosplay pev do you ever no. cosplay so i no. i have never cosplayed in my life but look really yeah. Yeah, I haven't, but like all like the more more and more cosplay friends I make through the conventions and the community and all the all these things that I'm involved with, the more pressure. <laughs> There's been yeah. a few offers of making pineapple related <laughs> crossover cosplays. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. There's a, there's a few in the works, so we'll see if any of them actually play. <laughs> Pan out. Pan out, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'd love um, to see that. Yeah, it was a good time. Pretty fucking. Are we hilarious. talking of like Sorry. a blended experience of like pineapple crossed with another IP, yeah. so like Pokemon yeah. or something? Exactly. Like <laughs> pineapple shoe or something like that. Pine- oh, pineapple shoes made the list. 
I'm, I'm, yeah. I like there it. There you go. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I can keep going. I, I totally go. can. <laughs> 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 fuck yeah, that sounds great, mate. Well, Grizz, what about you, mate? What, what, what's, uh, what's been on your list? Uh, I went to a quiz night last, when was that? Thursday last week, Ooh, I believe. Run by or uh, something specific? Bit of a mixture. It was actually the one that Pav used to work for. Um, ah, it, my old yeah. So I guess you call that general ducks knowledge. Ducks nuts. Right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Oh, fuck, uh, who knows? They had like I think there was no. I think it was three general knowledge rounds and then one music round where you've got to like guess the song, an artist, yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, very good fun though. A couple of tequilas were consumed and it was yeah, a good night all round. We didn't we didn't win, but we didn't come last, mate. We were middle middle of the pack, mate. Middle of the road. Yeah, that's so. a win in my books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not coming Quite last happy. is a win for sure. Yeah, the doing, table mate? that won, we were swapping answer sheets with them when you go tick it off and fuck, man. I reckon they must have been like, you know how the, uh, does this happen, Pav? Question to you. Do you get professional quiz players oh, yeah. that just go around and oh, play dude, the quizzes? Yes. Eh? Yeah, yeah. There's, a, okay. there's a lot of teams they that exist. play almost every night of the week and like eat for free there every night of the week. Yeah. just Because it was a $100 gift voucher to yeah. the restaurant that it was in. And I'd never seen them there before, and they were just like it was only four people, and they yeah. were just smashed it Classic. out of the park. Yeah. They should have their their faces on the front of establishments, and like don't let these people. There's in. so <laughs> many people that I, I had three it's pro teams at my last venue that it would it would be one of the three teams that won every week. Yeah, right. they're very, very good. Very, you should very have good. to get like Dude. a card and it has to be scanned every time you go to a quiz night. And if you've been more than twice in a month, you're not allowed in. You're not allowed to play. <laughs> Man, you know what surprised me though, Pav, is some people get so serious about it. Mm. So oh, someone yeah. came yeah, up to up. dob Dude, on one of the other tables. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but like you're kind of there drinking and it's like real relaxed yeah, right. and... Yeah, yeah so someone dogged on one of the other tables for mate. cheating. No, they weren't. This lady was like full Karen mode going in there complaining about someone cheating and, you know, everything else. Fuck, <laughs> like if you can't beat them, join them, Karen. That's what I say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go and get the fucking Dr. Google out the dunny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. Yeah, well, well, that was about it, mate. Pretty quiet weekend. No gigs. We had got a couple of weeks off, which is no gigs. really nice, mate. Oh, yeah, really nice. Um, but... You know what, dude? Work's been kind of kicking my ass a little bit and things, so it's yeah, it was kind of a welcome to have a nice, relaxing weekend. And then busy, mate. Back at work today, Monday. So yeah, we're uh, we're back in it, boys. Back in it another week. Another week is upon us. Absolutely, another week of gaming as well, mate. So I hope mm. you squeeze a little bit of that in for how's your gaming going? I've got. I did play a new game on stream on Friday night that I want to talk you through. You may have seen clips of it on my Twitter. Um, oh, but a lot okay. of fun. So we'll Excellent. wait for wait for how's your game going. What about you, Capo? What's been happening in your neck of the woods, mate? Well, not an awful lot, mate. Um, I I mean, I've been I've been doing Dry July, uh, so I've not really been getting up to an awful lot. We had some friends come out on Friday night, uh, and we all drank like non-alcoholic things, which was um, you know, not as good as the real stuff, but. Uh, Actually, I tell you what, non-alcoholic beers have come a long way in the mm. past like year. I reckon. I reckon when I first had a non-alcoholic beer, I thought it's it's missing something, and I think that thing is alcohol. <laughs> you know, it's a key component. So, Dude, I don't know. My local IGA cap, they sell a bottle of non-alcoholic rum in there. Get out of it. How's it taste? It's like it's like twenty five bucks. So I don't want to pay twenty five bucks if it's not going to get me pissed. That See, seems like this a ripoff, mate. Thing, mate. 
is like they're fucking expensive, right? Yeah. Or what is, you know, effectively just a cordial or something like that. So mm. I don't know. It's uh it's an economic problem, but I, I don't know. I don't mind I don't mind buying the beers because at least I know that the beers have been brewed to the same process and sometimes like mm. you know, they've got to take the alcohol out, which is an added step, right? So you know, I get it. It's it's probably still going to cost the same amount of money, right? Whereas, I don't know, you see like, you know, these, you know, gins and stuff that they've made out of botanicals and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if they're, they're worth it, you know? You feel me? So I feel you, mate. I feel you, 100%. Yeah, but, but anyway, so that was Friday night. We had a bunch of um, alcohol-free beers and, uh, mm. yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. good, actually. We we bought a, a bunch of different ones to try them all out, and actually, I, I gave you know I reckon they're all pretty good. Again, they are missing the key ingredient, which has a particular f- flavor profile <laughs> that you just cannot match by not having it. But they do a pretty good job. So, anyways, that was that. Saturday took Ted to the zoo. We've got zoo passes. So oh yeah, of in, in a year. So we just we just because we don't live too far from the zoo, so we just. We got the zoo passes to get in for free all the time. So we're just like, well, fuck it. Should we go to the zoo? We're like, yeah, okay. Let's Cap, go to the zoo. The lion update. Has yeah. he noticed the lion yet? He hasn't noticed the lion. In fact, I didn't even notice the lion either. And I was like, where the fuck is he? And me was like, he's right there. And he was just like lying in front of us. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> no wonder <laughs> Ted can't see him. I can't fucking see him either. <laughs> so... Um, nice. Yeah, so he's still not he's still not noticed the the uh, the big cat yet, but he's definitely noticed his own cats at home. Uh, mm. But he loves the monkeys. The monkeys are just so animated, and they're like the ones in the the little ones, like the uh, what are they? The squirrel Boliv- Bolivian squirrel monkey. Uh, Is that stuff? Like there's this, oh, tiny little ones that are almost like a green color, and they're yeah, real active. I know the ones you're talking about. Come in, what are they called? Oh, the tam- tamarins. Yeah, tam- they might be the tamarins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he loves those as well. It, basically, anything that is moving around a lot, he mm. he's he's all about it. Because I mean, obviously, it's you know he can see it, he can recognize it. So, love that. But uh, but yeah, so did that on Saturday, and then kind of cruise the rest of the day. Sunday had a massage and I played some video games basically and looked oh, after ten. Yes. So any, any new video games, Cap? We're going to hear about today, mate, or what? Actually, sort of, yeah. Sort of, okay. actually, very, very okay. much, sort of. Um, and I'll, I'll explain more later. But yeah, so yeah, so I can look forward to it. Uh, oh, actually, yeah. yeah, there's one, one there that I definitely need to talk about that I've completely forgot to add to my sheet. I'm just going to quickly do that right now, so I remember. Hey, but uh, yeah, there's one in there that's definitely worth a uh, worth a worth a mention. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, let's freaking jump into it, shall we? Uh, Let's do it. Firstly, as always, house rules. Just want to say thank you for listening to uh, to this little podcast. If you can do us a big favor, if you're listening uh, via you know Spotify, etc., give this bad boy a freaking five star, will you? And a great review. Maybe tell someone about us. That'd be really fucking awesome. Otherwise, if you want to watch us live, you can do so every Monday night from 7 p.m. AWST on twitch.tv slash oceanic gaming radio. And you can join legends such as Sukai AU, Caging Runt, Daniel Fantastic. Who else we got in here? Sakose. Yeah, you can join a bunch of freaking legends. So uh, there you go. You want to come and watch live? You can do so. Otherwise, just want to say a big thank you to our wonderful Patreons as well. The legends with the wallets that keep on flowing into our little PayPal account. We appreciate you. They are the following. 
Sukai Moosing. Moosing? Moosey. <laughs> Sorry, Moosey. Caging Run, Sergeant Paul, Lee GD, J Libs, Brendan, Dan Fantastic, and Stropsy. When you legends, freaking appreciate you. Legends. 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 Now, uh, big, big one. Big one happening mm. on the on the run sheet tonight. Uh, we've got a bunch of a uh, bunch of bits and pieces. So first one, uh, we'll uh, discuss shortly. But let's freaking uh, let's play this fucking quest log, bad boy. Five ish on the on five ish, yeah, five ish yep. on the run sheet. Fair bit going on. First bad boy, freaking bad boy. Eighty-seven percent of retro games, Grizzly, are being lost forever. Suggests mm. a new study. Yeah. Okay. So this, are you running through the full list of the things or are we talking about no, this? No, we'll just, we'll just fucking dive straight in, mate. In, mate. Yeah, so yeah, the Video Game it. History Foundation cap, um, I believe is in the US, in partnership with a another company called the Software Preservation Network, reckon a whopping 9 out of 10 classic games are critically endangered. Um, not surprised, actually, honestly, cap, because when you look at, I remember there was a period of time, mate, you could walk into a Cashies and you could buy like a bundled uh, original Nintendo or even a Sega or a SNES in there. And I feel like that you just can't really do that anymore. Those consoles are um, hard unless you're looking in the right places for them to find them. So um, pretty scary numbers. I mean, you can probably uh, you can probably what like hack a lot of these, but playing them through emulators and such online. But yeah. I think even that for some of the real retro ones are challenging. I mean, there's a this article also talks about the fact that um, you know PlayStation Two games you can't play them on on your PlayStation Five. The, the backwards compatibility thing on newer consoles you you can't do that. So you know that's you're not going to have a way unless you have an original console. So that's like the you know original uh, Yakuza games for PlayStation Two, all those and anything else, Crash Bandicoots, um, unless you've got that original hardware. Well, See yeah. you later, mate. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've obviously had a little kind of, I guess, resurgence of classic stuff with, for example, the uh, switch. The, you know, the, the the switch and you know emulators and stuff, and and we've had like the mini SNES and the mini PlayStation, and but the thing is, those are obviously only small selections. So you can do some sneaky, breaky things to. Sneaky beaky breaky your consoles into playing more, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, it, it does it does kind of leave a, a, a wide gap for um, you know these games that are obviously kind of you know lacking preservation. So um, yeah, nine in ten classic U- US games are cl- critically endangered. Grizz, that's mm-hmm. nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I mean, have you got anything? Have you got anything retro cap that you own, like an original console or any original games or anything like that? Um, I've got a GameCube. Uh, and I've got a uh, undercarriage GBA player, and I've got a Japanese version of the Minish Cap. When I was trying to learn how to speed run that, um, <laughs> what yeah. else have I got? I've got an old 3DS console, which I guess is technically retro now, right? So, mm. and that's got a bunch of stuff on it as well. Um, but I mean, outside of that, I haven't really kept an awful lot of my my gear anymore. Uh, I used to have a, my old uh, Nintendo 64 floating around as well, uh, and I had my original um, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time gold cartridge. 
but Ooh. not anymore, man. Um, and also my yellow Donkey Kong 64 cartridge as well. So I don't know if they all I, were yellow, but, you know. I kind of wish that I kept my old consoles, eh, now after this. Yeah. like Because obviously not only for value, but just to have the nostalgia factor, you know. Like yeah, uh, I, I mean, I've got nice, a... Um, it is nice, yeah. I mean, like Super Nintendo is a classic, right? Like, be able to have all those cartridges in a collection would be fantastic. Very expensive to collect that kind of stuff now, you know. You know, you're looking at it for a Super Nintendo game. It's like between eighty and a hundred bucks. The good ones, like you know, the, all the Mario's and things, are even more. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, big time. Yeah, it's a shame. I suppose hopefully we'll see more kind of preservation efforts in in the future. But I suppose the big one is it's it's time in someone's day to perform that preservation. Uh, so whoever's out there doing it now, my hat's off to you because you're a bloody legend. It's time I certainly don't have. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, for those of you doing it, freaking good job. You guys are freaking legends. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully hopefully we can curb those numbers a little bit. I don't know. I, I suppose it's one of those things that people just kind of don't give a shit about ultimately because they're just, vi- they're just video games, you know? But I suppose really like they are a part of pop culture and, and culture in general and, and, you know, there's a certain degree of, you know, the trends in video games making comment on, you know, society at large and all those kind of things. So I think they're important little time capsules and snapshots into our, you know, current era from whenever they kind of came out. So it's a shame. Just thinking about this, Cap, you know how we're seeing a lot of remakes and remasters of of old video games coming back out and and bits and pieces. Do you think they're going to follow on with that? Or do you think at at some stage in the future they may go, let's re-release the Super Nintendo? Uh, with these games on it and cartridges. I reckon that would sell, honestly. I reckon that would be pretty cool. Do you reckon that would ever happen? Do you reckon that would look at old? I reckon the only only person who could, well, the only people that could do it would probably be Nintendo, if anyone. Mm. Um, And they probably, like, because, I mean, obviously, you know, Caging Not said SNES Classic, which we we mentioned before, but I think what you're trying to say, Grizz, is like the actual old, the original entire thing. Yep. So not the not the a mini version, Nintendo. the, no. the fucking original SNES with the original cartridges, <laughs> Games re-release and everything. Yeah. Yep. I suppose it could be pretty fun to do that, I guess. But um, I guess it would come down to an economical problem. You know, would, would, it, would it make money? I suppose they'd have to do some marketing analysis. Dude, also, I'm just thinking from a logistics point, they came with like weird cables. You'd need to find a way. It'd have to be HDMI, which may cause other issues with making that look okay on TVs, given the graphics of those consoles and things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose we'll see where we're at in the next 10 years, you know, and if we've uh, see if that, uh, that 87% statistic is rising or falling. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Forget the critically yeah. endangered animals, Cap. More worried about those critically endangered video games, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, but, yeah, all right, there you go. Uh, now, Grizz, huge yeah. week in the Microsoft versus Sony versus the world, uh, you know, Activision Blizzard uh, King acquisition saga. Uh, the big thing that did happen was essentially what the FTC's lawsuit or whatever they were kind of using to go after uh, Blizzard was essentially thrown out of court uh, by the judge that was a- acting on it. Yeah. Basically said, 
you know, the FTC doesn't really have uh, a reasonable enough argument to kind of, I don't know, uh, assert that, you know, Call of Duty will probably be pulled out of PlayStation and whether the actual ownership of uh, ABK is going to actually result in, you know, a competition problem uh, across mm-hmm. video, the video game space and, and subscription libraries and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and the FTC subsequently tried to appeal that decision, which was then denied uh, yep. by the judge, uh, yep. which is kind of fucking huge given that the deadline for this deal is tomorrow. Um, is that right? It go. is right. Now, so it's all uh, going to come to fruition. But they've kind of made an agreement now, haven't they, Cap? Is that the, uh, the the latest and greatest news? Yeah. So since what's happened after this, uh, it looks like Sony has signed a deal with Microsoft to keep mm-hmm. Call of Duty on the PS whatever PlayStation yep. ecosystem for the next 10 years. Okay. Uh, so it looks like Sony's come in, play ball, probably read the writing on the wall, looks like, well, at this stage, it's looking very much like Microsoft's probably going to hold on to ABK. In fact, one of the last vestiges of friction for uh, Microsoft was the Competition and Markets Authority in the UK. Uh, they were trying to block the deal on their end, saying that they thought the cloud gaming market, you know, and Microsoft's acquisition, it would all be kind of anti, uh, you know, anti-competitive. Uh, but the CMA and Microsoft have since agreed to postpone those uh, talks uh, sorry postponed that you know uh, lawsuit or whatever was going on there and sort of figure out maybe how they can work forward to lessen that impact or the perceived impact that the cma has has identified so Mm. Uh, you know, the EU, EU is uh, very on board with uh, Microsoft uh, purchasing ABK. So it seems like the major constituents of the against parties uh, have either A, been said, nah, you're, you're bullshit, or B, uh, now at coming to the table to Making talk deal. deals. Just on the deal, Cap, like that's for Call of Duty, right? What about other said titles? Is there any talk... Uh, amongst Sony and, and co around future exclusives or future, uh, what would you say, um, games that would potentially usually release to a broader wider market. console, wider market. What happens it, with those and whether those will go to PlayStation as well? Do we know? In all honesty, not really. I think, I think Call of Duty is unique in the sense that it has a unique kind of player base that is so mm. universal across different markets and and um you know consoles and whatnot you know you think of things like world of warcraft there's only one place to play that and that's on the pc it's um yeah. you know overwatch isn't particularly um you know doing particularly well I, I, I doubt that it's you know it's it's console drawer is that big um mm. maybe it is someone might be able to correct me there but uh it's it's still not being discussed in in these talks as far as no, i'm aware not getting, the, not getting the look in at all mate is it no and i mean the only other thing would be you know are they worried about candy crush not being on so on the sony playstation and it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like that's the case it seems like everything's pretty much completely dictated towards call of duty so okay. um yeah but i mean obviously Microsoft has now signed a deal with Sony for 10 years. They've also signed the same thing with the Nintendo Switch, which I bet you they're spewing about signing that because trying mm-hmm. to, you know, configure a playable Call of Duty oh experience God. for the Nintendo Switch, I just don't even fucking want to think about that. 
I can only imagine it's the way it's not on Nintendo Switch now, gaming. is it, Cap? It's not on Nintendo Switch now, is it? It's Call not, of Duty is it, not. No. I w- I would think retros actually thinking back on this. The only thing I could think yeah. how that would work would be some kind of cloud service, which is actually already happening. So I believe uh, Kingdom Hearts. Um, sorry, there's babies crying. I don't know if you can hear that. Tettles, can you hear Tettles going nuts in the back? Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Um, but, but you wait, you wait till he wants to fucking get into your room. He's just going to come bursting <laughs> in, mate. Like you're not going to be able to stop him. He's going to be oh, in there. Well, we've got a fucking report on the scene from uh, fucking Ted. <laughs> He's fucking ready to go. Um, now, where was I? King of Hearts. Yes, yeah, so Kingdom Hearts. There is a switch. Um, a Switch version, and that is purely cloud-based. Is it really? So, does it run yeah. like shit? Because what's it the... It does run like, like shit. Does it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, not could very you imagine, well received. Could you imagine a PvP purely online competitive game? I can. But Using- look, Microsoft signed a deal to get it on the Switch. <laughs> they didn't sign a deal to get it on the Switch working well. Okay, so, right. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of where good... I think that might go. I think they probably will go. Through. I mean, they have they have the infrastructure to do cloud gaming, so I can't see why, you know, why they wouldn't do it. So, um, but yeah, so it, very interesting kind of turn of events. Uh, you know, Bobby Kotick is you know over the fucking moon. He said it will enable uh, competition mm. rather than uh, allow entrenched market leaders to continue to dominate our rapidly growing industry. Said the man who is uh, up for about four hundred million dollars if this deal goes through. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. So um, looking good, but yeah, as I, as I mentioned before, tomorrow being the deadline. If they didn't manage to get this kind of deal sorted to some degree, I think there's still some technicalities to work out as to whether because they don't they kind of own them, but not really yet. The deal hasn't formally gone through. Yeah. Uh, if they didn't manage to finalize this deal by tomorrow. Activision would have to pay, uh, sorry, Microsoft would have to pay Activision a penalty of $4 billion. Oh, my God. That's why it's all kind of come to a head then, hasn't it? Yes. So I guess ultimately, you know, Microsoft was pushing to have a, you know, strict deadline so they could work towards something um, and have money on the line kind of thing, which I think probably plays into things in the law side of things anyway. If there is some kind of deadline, things need to kind of eventuate to give them enough time to finalise the deal should things kind of be green green lit. Uh, so, yeah, but ultimately, yeah, crazy freaking shit. So, um, yeah, I guess watch this space on the sort of battle between the UK's competition and markets authority and Microsoft. They basically said they're, so, I mean, this is a direct quote, they are ready to consider any proposals from Microsoft on how to restructure the transaction in a way that would address the concerns uh, uh, set out in our final report. So, Now, Cap, I know that we discussed this in very earlier episodes a long time ago. Um, but it might be worth quickly touching on it now. Um, now this deal, assume this deal goes through tomorrow. Um, how yep. uh, how long do you think it will take, and do you think it will uh, impact game development on uh, Blizzard's side? Will we see games coming to Game Pass? Will we see uh, more money in the bank for for dev of of other IPs and things? Do you think this will 
impact those games or Destiny as well? That kind of oh no, they're not they're they're Bungie. Destiny is uh, Sony. Yep, That's Sony right. owns Bungie yeah. now. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, I don't know how long it'll take for things to kind of trickle into Game Pass and stuff. I'd say like what probably a year or something, or maybe maybe less than that, between six months and a year, perhaps. Um, things I would hope to see is some kind of upsell on the Xbox PC Pass Ultimate. Um, you know, rather than just giving you cloud gaming access, yeah, maybe bundle in a cheeky little World of Warcraft subscription. Wow, sub. Oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't imagine they yeah. give you that at the base base level. But so what know? is what is ultimate per month cap out of pocket at the moment? I think it's like eighteen dollars or something like that okay. versus fourteen or something. So you know, four extra bucks and you get cloud gaming. But um, mm. you know, I think that will probably be one big one. I actually, do you know what? Controversial. But mm. I actually think Xbox Game Pass would be really good for Overwatch and its player base. Yeah. Well, that game is kind of free anyway. Why Why do you think it would be good? Uh, I just think it'll get more people in there using that ecosystem, you know, yeah. because that's the other thing is like if Microsoft picks up these things, then I assume it's probably going to have to go through its app, right? So it's yeah. kind of people won't have to use Battle.net, Battle.net. or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think ultimately it'll probably just, just – it's more of a marketing thing. You know, I'm probably getting more of a casual audience onto it. So. Yeah, you see it in front of people's <laughs> face. I mean, I must admit, Cap, I never see Overwatch 2 in front of my face, no. you know, because I never have Battle.net fired up. But, yeah, if exactly. it was on uh, Xbox Game Pass and it was kind of thrown at you, you know, free to play, then – more eyes, maybe, or people more eyes, play. indeed. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, that it is a free to play game, but I'd imagine maybe you might even find that maybe the battle pass is chucked in or something at the ultimate tier. I don't know. Like, these are the kind of decisions that they can start making and, yeah. and getting people using some of these games. Um, mm. but yeah, it'll do you be see interesting. Any, do you see any development changes in terms of uh, wow expansions or anything else now that they're sitting under the umbrella of uh, Microsoft, or do you think they're Blizzard's you know what? It's going to be really interesting, I think, just to see exactly how things are structured. Because I mean, think about Starfield, right? Probably one of the most hotly anticipated games in a long time, Re- mm. really. Like, it's you know, people love Bethesda games despite how average the last couple have been. Um, I'm talking about Fallout 76 and Fallout 4, in my opinion you know um mm-hmm. but um you know that's that game is fucking free on xbox game pass you know that's hectic that blows my yeah. damn mind yeah, seriously um yeah. you know so if you're going to start putting world of warcraft uh, expansions as a part of your upsell you know that's even more mm-hmm. hectic right so i don't know i could just see that continue to grow and grow and grow so um, and I mean, ultimately, if you're a World of Warcraft subscriber and you're paying 15 bucks a month for World of Warcraft right now, why the yep. fuck would you do that when you could just buy Ultimate for 18 Ultimate. bucks? Yeah, and get you heaps know? of stuff. And uh, Sukar's made a pretty good comment in chat saying that he think they will include it in the uh, subscription service because the WoW subscriber numbers have been on decline, obviously, since the last probably the last mm. big content drop. We don't know the exact numbers, but that's correct. Yeah, maybe giving it a shot to get people back. And, you know, I think it would. Could you imagine? If I, I think I would potentially download it and dip my toes back in if I knew I didn't have well, to pay. I mean, I have a sub. Like, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, why not? I suppose the, only, mm. the, the, the big, the big thing is going to be tying and marrying, um, you know, your Battle.net account to your, uh, what do you call it? Dude, uh, hardcore classic would be fucking sick. I would love to try that. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. again, maybe they'll get that cranking beforehand and, and there'll be shitloads of people involved. I, I don't know. It's going to be, mm. honestly, assuming this does go through 100% and we don't have any kind of outliers, which is kind of like the writing kind of seems like it's it's probably going to happen, especially the since, you know, Sony's kind of budged and is finally, you know, um, drafted up a deal. Um, I think we, we're going to see quite a significant change and structural change at, at Blizzard in the next however long so gonna be fucking crazy but yeah so there you go there's your little uh rundown on the old ftc controversy okay so there you go now yeah. grizz interesting yes mm-hmm. have you ever have you ever been abused online <laughs> of course mate all the fucking time yeah, it's <laughs> at me. least once a week playing dota like bargain people are so so abusive yeah all yeah. the time of voice chat you know and yeah Interesting about this one, Cap. Tell me, what are they? What are they doing? All right. So Xbox are launching a new service that is designed mm. to combat toxicity. Right. Um, one of those things. Well, the the main thing is uh, it's called Xbox Voice Reporting. Right. So step one: capture, save a clip if someone is violating the Xbox community standards. So that will basically. Save a clip of any in-game noise, whatever. Uh, you can basically record any noise. Can you guys hear that that noise coming yeah. through my microphone? I think it's Pab's typing, is it? Or no, is it, it's not. Yeah. It is my it's... son on the other side of the wall clanking his things <laughs> in the bath. <laughs> that is his, so on the wall. That is so yeah. good. It's so funny. In the last, sorry to derail this, but in the last like week, he has just become a freaking maniac. Honestly, <laughs> we have to have two people to change his nappy. It's gone from a one-person job to a two-person job. I have to hold down his arms physically <laughs> to stop him from rolling over. And there's honestly quite often there. There is shit everywhere. Not a fucking exaggeration. It is. It is crazy. Uh, but yeah, it's just all of a sudden he's become a freaking maniac. Anyways, going back to this, you're gonna just have, listening at home. You're just gonna have to excuse the freaking clack, 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 clack on the wall. I think. Uh, anyways, all right, going back. So you can save a clip of any in-game noise, right? That'll get saved for later. Now, in that exact moment, you don't have mm. to kind of submit the clip or anything like that after your game session, whatever you're playing, playing a bit of freaking Fortnite, playing a bit of Apex Legends, yeah. freaking Legends. Um, after that game, you can go and check out the you know the clip that you just took and you can sub- submit your own voice clip describing what's kind of happened in your own words effectively. So um, mm-hmm. presumably that probably gets churned into some AI voice transcription of what you just said and gets sent to some community manager somewhere. And then Xbox will review your report and then notify you of what decision has been made on the case. Very so- interesting. Yeah, it's this whole caption our report later. So it, it includes capabilities including text, image, video, voice, uh, all being able to capture um, yep. as part of your report. And you know what, Cap? I think this is excellent, right? Because I'm, I'm thinking from a, from a Dota perspective here, like we don't have anything like that built into that game, but so much of the toxicity that comes through online gaming is over voice mm-hmm. and you being able, having to write out what just traumatized you in a game is sucks. sometimes sucks. Yeah. So if you can do, if you can use this, this bit of a uh, bit of kit to, you know, do it and just make online gaming a bit safer. But it also, I don't know, there's something about recording someone else being an idiot and having proof of that, uh, I think is going to make 
people feel a lot safer about gaming online, knowing that there's a capability to actually collect that information and report accordingly? Because there Absolutely. are some fucking horrible people out there, mate. So, oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, I've definitely experienced a few of them uh, floating around in various settings. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is a great uh, initiative, and it, you know, it kind of fills that gap of you know, obviously, it's easy enough to. Uh, you know, maintain chat logs because, you know, the data um, kind of footprint of a chat log's not particularly big, whereas, you know, trying to go back in a game and figure out, you know, what someone said over voice either, either meant that you'd have to, you mm-hmm. know, maintain a copy of that entire game plus voice history, which is probably a lot of data, um, yeah. or do something like this, which just wasn't around. So um, for Xbox to kind of, you know, put this service in place is a bit of a fucking big dick energy in my opinion. So, hey, uh, yeah. Cap, what are your thoughts on performance to, to do this? Do you think it will have any impact on game performance if you're capturing voice video things? I suppose, uh, uh, well, I guess on PC probably not because a lot of PC programs, you know, you think about your... Um, your what's the nvidia one shadow play shadow or play. yeah um whatever else uh, in all honesty i'm not too sure what kind of yeah whether that it'll have a huge footprint on on a on the console maybe on the series um s um perhaps mm. i'd i'd worry about that console cuz it's a little bit you know it's a bit uh, lighter on this on the specifications uh but yeah, it's it's hard to say really, Grizz, without actually seeing it in practice. And I mean, because you know, sixty seconds of video is is quite a lot. It is. Uh, it's funny. There's a big uh, in big bold text on this article. Cap. It's like someone has written this from a from a user standpoint before it's even been released. But it says here, implementing voice moderation is a huge step in keeping the community at Xbox safer. I feel more confident knowing that Xbox has gone a step further to ensure we experience a positive environment. Not just through text chat, but through voice chat as well. Yep. Yeah. So doing a little marketing, a uh, little marketing jargon there, mate. Absolutely. That sounds good, yeah. though. Yeah. No, I think um, I'm a big fan of this, and like I said, kind of, you know, fitting a uh, bit of a blind spot in uh, in gaming toxicity. So yeah, freaking bring it on, I say, mm. and watch out, caging runt. You're being watched, mate. So Ooh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jeez. you're gonna be in the shit. All right, mm-hmm. now, freaking Sony are up next, mate. They're doing some other yep. shit as well, mate. They are they investing two point one billion dollars in gaming R and D. That's a lot of money, Riz. It is cap. It is cap, and uh, specifically focusing on live surface live service games. Cap. So I find this particularly interesting, given what we've just talked about, which is the whole Activision Blizzard King uh, Microsoft takeover and now we're seeing sony pumping what looks to be here apparently 40 percent of their annual r&d budget on live service games is they're obviously going fuck we need to we need to bloody step up here mate so yeah yeah. what do you reckon yeah yeah it's it's interesting i mean you know sony's obviously this giant that traditionally has made its crust off of, you know, significantly well-received single-player games. But I think, mm. you know, ultimately, I think the big the big heavy hitters in terms of games' profits uh, time and time again seem to be mobile um, sort of uh, experiences and also live service games where people can just spend a five bucks here and fucking $10 there or if you blizzard $20 on a fucking, you know, 
average looking kind of mm-hmm. armor set. I, th- I think ultimately, you know, it's interesting, right? Because you know, you th- you think, oh, a life service game, that's fucking easy. You just fucking make a shooter and fucking do this and then, you know, get people <laughs> yeah. to play it. But it's really not. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of this R&D spending is going is is how do you get people excited about a live service game and get them paying money into that little economy, right? And doing so in a way that is not egregious. And because, you know, gamers are fickle and they smell a rat, um, you know, early on. Sometimes they smell a rat and still pay for the rat. Um, mm-hmm. but ultimately you need to provide them with in-game microtransactions that are deemed not to be egregious and, and gross. Kind of, kind of meaningful to the game you're playing. And I, and I think, uh, I don't know, I kind of feel like Destiny has done a decent job at maintaining their player base and still yeah. maintaining uh, cosmetics and other bits and pieces you can spend spend dollars into, but... You know, and that's topical as well, Cap, because obviously Sony buying out Bungie. And I remember when that that uh, acquisition came across, they were saying that they it was a strategic acquisition to uh, try to be better placed for live service games and hoping to leverage off that that team at Bungie to to help kind of deliver those. So <clears throat> it's interesting hearing that they're going to be sinking significant dollars in there. I wonder what we may see that will come out of Sony that that. Uh, uh, will be live service here. We're looking at MMOs, cap shooters, or or what do you reckon? Well, we know that we've at least got Marathon coming from Bungie, uh, and that's obviously the that's revitalization right. of Bungie's old Marathon IP. And I mean, again, mm. Sony owns Bungie, so really, Sony has Marathon coming out. Um, so you know, there's one area that there's probably going to be a bit of movement in. Um, in terms of you know other live surface games, I'm not really too sure off the top of my head. I really can't think yeah. of anything. Do you, you think know, we'll see some new stuff? Do you reckon they'll get some of their because they obviously got a lot of these first party developers that that make uh, a lot of games for them. You know, Returnal and other bits and pieces. Will they be pushing some of these uh, first party developers? Do you think to try to work on on a not not Bungie but something else to work on a new IP for for a well, live service game or? That's a good question. I mean, ultimately, I, I don't see why not. I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, businesses want to make money, right? And Sony's, mm. Sony's obviously in the game of making cash. So I'd imagine that the developers under their banner, they'd be pushing to try and kind of create games that they think will ultimately make them more money. And clearly, based on the money nice. that, they, uh, that they're that putting aside for R&D, they clearly think that live, live service is, is where, um, where, mm. it's, where it's at. Um, yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting. To, I, I, I guess all we can do is just sit and wait, really, Grizz. I think. Yeah. You know what? What is it? Forty percent of Sony's R and R and D budget being two point three billion. Uh, two point one yeah. three billion. Sorry. I mean, that could be money towards the design and development of um, early works on a game. So mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is some R and D towards. Um, who, who did um, Returnal Housemark? I think the name was. Yeah, right? uh, House Marquee or something. You had yeah. Housemark, something like that. Yeah, can't remember. Yeah, that could that could go towards Housemark's freaking Returnal oh, life yeah. service kind of game. Housemark, who knows? Yeah. Like, mm. um, you know, it could it could really go anywhere. I mean, R and D budget so fucking broad. I mean, R and D could be market research into, uh, you know, the psychology of, um, 
you know, yeah. microtransactions, or Absolutely. it could literally be how to, you know, let's R and D, let's research and develop some, you know, similarity uh, in game themes that we can use to apply to our future live service games. Or it could be, like I said, giving money to some of their fledgling projects to develop them out further and, and maybe turn them into something live servicey. So mm. I don't know. Who knows? Probably a few years till we see uh, this R and D money actually come to fruition that gives us something on the table that we can tangibly play and hold. Either way, I think that's pretty cool, Cap, because, you know, we have obviously seen Sony heavily focusing on these single-player uh, games that are glorious, you know, God of War, a good example. Yeah, Last but, of Us. Uh, yeah, Last of Us. <clears throat> yeah. It'd be fantastic if we could uh, have that focus on a live service game. It might be pretty dang exciting. Absolutely. Yep. Couldn't agree research, more. Yeah. Research behind it. Yep. All we can do is say, watch this space. I wonder if OGLs will be kicking by the time we start seeing whatever <laughs> comes out of this, mate. Five, five, mm. ten years. Could be, you know, yeah. hey, you never know. You never freaking know. Hey, yeah. Fucking, <laughs> you keep watching. All right. Keep listening. That's all it. right. Now, Grizz, a game mm. that I am incredibly excited for and is not a live service mm. game yes. Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, fucking rips snorter. They just keep bringing out more and more little things that it make bits. it sound like the best game ever, right? literally ever. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, you're not wrong. Uh, they did release a bit of a community update, and I thought, you know, obviously we're coming pretty close to the release of this game, so mm-hmm. you know, I want to fucking hype people up listening at home for for Baldur's Gate Three. I think I just chatted to a mate the other day, and um, they were saying, "Oh yeah, came for Baldur's Gate 3. and I was like, "Yeah, man, it looks really good." Kind of, you know, that whole <laughs> kind of Divinity um, Original Sin Two kind yep. of style thing again. He was like, "Oh, what really?" And I was like. Yeah, the like tactical top-down thing. It's like, oh fuck! I thought it was going to be like Dark Alliance, and I was like, nah, dude, it's not a fucking hack and slacks nah, anymore. Sorry, not. buddy. Yeah. It is real D and D shit, brother. And he was it not is. super keen about that. So really, it's but, interesting because I thought Dark yeah. Alliance was pretty not very well received. Was it Cap? Was it average? Uh, Dark Alliance? Oh well, okay. So the more recent Dark Alliance game was yeah. not well received, but the earlier ones were fucking is baller. That- Okay, I never played yeah. the earlier ones, so there you go. I just remember the new one coming out and being like, Ooh. "Yeah, bit bit Avaragio." The the more Average, recent one, yeah. I think it was like a a team based, um, like a team based thing, and it we just basically shit the bed and um, got very yeah. poor critical acclaim. But mm. uh, but I don't think Baldur's Gate Three is going to be getting any of that. So let's go through the more recent uh, yeah uh, community update now. Their I, I, character I just, creation just, tool. Just Sorry, quickly yeah, before you go yeah, into this, yeah. Cap, I cannot believe the amount of detail they've put in these community updates. Oh, um, dude, absolutely. Definitely worth going and having a look if you have access to Steam. Um, this is We're going through community update number 21 today, and it's like, yeah, what are we seeing here, Cap? A lot of stuff. Oh, dude, shitloads of stuff. So to begin, uh, they're just sort of talking about how their character creation tool has expanded quite dramatically. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously when it comes to, you know, so Baldur's Gate's based off the whole Forbidden Realms thing and they kind of do D&D, 5th edition, you know, all the other editions. So, you know, when you mm. think about D&D, what is one of the most important aspects of D&D? And that is the identity of your yeah. character, right? And, so, and you know. You know what, Cap, I'll say playing D&D, I think for me as a new player, uh, I think that was probably the most enjoyable part of it was 
theory crafting character. your character, yeah. you know, um, like Getting designing a bit of a backstory what, you, together. what you look like, get a backstory together and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, yeah, so, yeah, 100% agree. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're kind of motioning that aspect of D&D into the game. I mean, obviously, we played our other RPGs where you can create your own character, but, you know, these, the character creation looks quite in-depth uh, yeah. in this, mm. um, especially for, a, you know, a game of, um, you know, the size that BG3 looks like. So, you know, just they've added a bunch of sort of new options like Freckles and Vitiligo, which is, I believe, Vitiligo is like a, a it's a, disease that causes like loss of skin uh, so yeah, not loss skin, of skin skin color skin pigment yeah pigmentation yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so got stuff like that new tattoo designs uh scars lip makeup uh piercings horn color customization freaking get yeah. fucking excited links yeah teeth links um and heterochromia which they uh laughingly uh, announce in the uh what do you call it in the community update that you can then go ahead and create david bowie which um they have kind of like a david bowie-esque looking elf <laughs> in the in the frame with with the david bowie kind of um ziggy stardust hairstyle so uh, very Pretty fucking cool. cool. Big fan of that. Also, and then, um, yeah. I saw something on TikTok that, uh, uh, which isn't captured in here, but apparently the Dragonkin tails, you can also customize how sharp they are, how many little Ooh. points and stuff they've got down the tails and bits and pieces. So, wow, that's yeah, there's cool. a lot. There's a lot yeah, here, mate. So it seems like that kind of customization thing's kind, kind of in-depth. Do you spend a lot of time doing customization stuff, Chris, in games? Um, Cap, I reckon I spent about two hours in the Elden Ring customization on my first playthrough. Like just fucking, fucking around joking. with it. No, I did. And then I went and looked up a guide on Reddit for my second character for a female. And my God, if you do everything right, you can like it. That, that is a very good customization. What do you mean a guide? Tool. A guide to for, for, do A guide what? that tells you how, what to do with the cheeks and everything else. And you end up with like, like very sexy looking women on Elden Ring creation <laughs> tool, mate. Okay. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you surprise me every week, Grizzly. That's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking hell. I don't even know where to go with this. Gotta keep you on your toes, <laughs> mate, all right? That's classic. All right. Yeah, so there you go. Customize character customization. It's 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 cranking. Um all right. Now, Grizz, you can also craft your destiny. <laughs> uh, so basically that uh, alludes to the fact that they're going to be including multi-classing in this, which is for D&D non-nerds, it's when mm. you combine multiple classes, that, hence multi-classing, right? So, you know, you want a little bit of a fighter, a little bit of sword fighting, but you want to be using a fireball here and there. Yeah. Multi-class it, baby. So yeah, this, is, cool. this is actually quite big, eh, hey, Capo? So... Curdy, in our current D&D campaign we're running, is a cleric and a ranger. And, uh, like, it just adds a lot of gameplay mechanics. So it means that you can pick up spells from both of those classes. Uh, and there's a lot of synergies between uh, the different classes that you can play. So this is cool, man. This is rarely leveraging off the 5e rule set, which is, I think, uh, very well written and pretty well balanced. So... Um, yeah, multi-classing. I'm curious to know whether you can multi-class off the bat as a level one or it needs to be something that you do as you play through and 
and and gain levels. So yeah, ooh. look, it doesn't fully go into the specifics of exactly how it looks, but I'd imagine there'd be kind of some degree. I think you meet someone who na- enables you to maybe multi-class. I'm not entirely sure. I think I might have read that, or maybe I read so that about something else later on. But um, yeah, it, 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 so they do say here in order to allow your wildest dream class combinations, we've removed ability score prerequisites, which is interesting because I think that kind of implies that some classes might have been like, okay, to be a fighter, you need to have 15 strength or whatever else. So, uh, mm. yeah, you won't have to get your charisma up to freaking whatever to be a warlock or whatever else. So, um, that'll be freaking. Oh, no. So, what I was thinking of was respecking. Okay, so we'll get that to that in a second. But um, yeah, no full details on how multi-class will actually be implemented and how you'll go about doing it. So you just have to wait and see till when the game comes out. Um, but respecking, so they've basically taken the you know price of entry for respecking completely out. You just have to find a NPC uh, and you can respec on the on a whim, which awesome. you know. Can you respec everything, right. your class and everything that you've picked, Cap? Yep. Hold on. Okay. It says here, controversial, maybe, but a person who had never made a mistake trying something new, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we want to facilitate your experiments with 12 classes, 46 subclasses, and now multi-classing. When it comes to your character build, both veterans and novices of D&D are sure to make a few mistakes along the way. We want to encourage you to try new things, find new combinations, and ultimately discover the playstyle that suits you best. So I think that'll be great because, I mean, you know, I mean, let's be honest, Grizz, how often mm. do you replay a game of this size? Mm, these days, never, Cap. Yep. Um, so it'd be nice to be able to respec and maybe try a few different combinations out absolutely. across your playthrough because yeah. you're probably not going to go back and play. I mean, I know I played Divinity Original Sin once and I never went back to it, never even finished it. Probably do the same thing with Baldur's Gate, but hey, who knows? But it'd be mm-hmm. nice to be able to have that option, right? So I think it's be rad. Yeah. And Cap, just um, out of curiosity, so Divinity Original Sin Two is on uh, Switch, which was a great it way is. to play it. Yeah, are we yeah, going to have this coming to well. any? Is this going to come to any handhelds? Do we know Baldur's Gate Three? Uh, that is a good question. I I don't know. Uh, Steam Deck. Steam Deck. Yeah. <laughs> By pure virtue of it's going to be on, mm. on Steam. Uh, I don't think there's any word on it being on the Switch yet, but um, maybe we can have a bit of a chat about um, other consoles uh, towards the end of this. We've got another little little tidbit about Boulders Gate to talk about anyway, so we might, we'll, we'll save that for then. But, uh, but yeah. That's good. Now, they've also got mercenaries cranking as well, Grizz. The cool thing about mercenaries is it kind of enables you to create a party of whatever you want, essentially. So rather than having to use pre-built sort of, you know, um, swords for hire that uh, are floating around the inn, you can go and find these hirelings where you can change their stats and class and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that'll give you even more customization ability. Yes. Pretty rad. What I want to know... Cap, I wonder if you're forced into having hirelings. So, for example, if, if me and my brothers are playing as three of us, are we going to need to have a full squad to get through the content or do you think the game would scale on based on who you've got in your party? I wonder. It's a good question, mate. I really don't know. I assume there'd be yeah. some degree of scaling. Um, 
yeah, how that actually looks in game. Who fucking knows, mate? We'll find mm. out, my friend. We'll find. It's cool out though that you can you can design your your characters from the ground up though for these. I think that's that's cool. Oh, absolutely, like that. and then being yeah. able to take that to the next step of you know completely designing your own party. You know, if you if you so wish, pretty rad. Um, but yeah, so that's that. Now there's also going to be a bunch of different origin characters now. Uh, uh, Divinity Two Original Sin had this exact same thing. Uh, yeah. Where, you know, you could play as pre-built characters that had a story arc that would play into the story, uh, or yep. you could play your own character that wouldn't have those same story quips that would show up. But you could kind of get the rough idea of what was going on by having them in your party and because uh, mm. these characters, are either you play them or they could potentially become party members. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was like the Red Prince and stuff in in uh, Divinity 2 and a few others. Yeah, was that the Dragonborn guy that was in your That was the Dragonborn yeah. guy. Oh, yeah, that Fane, right. who was yeah. that, who was like an ascended oh, being without a face, yeah. the undead guy, and he was trying to figure out what was going on with why he was alive still. Um, Sabeel as well, the rogue Sabeel. had some stuff happening. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very. Yeah, cool it actually, was great. It was yeah. great how it how it did that. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, and very memorable characters actually. So it's gonna be pretty rad um, to see sort of what happens with with these characters. Seems like they all have, you know, one thing I love about D and D is imperfect characters, and it seems like there's gonna be a yep. lot of imperfection in this Baldur's Gate game based on what yeah. I've kind of read. So um, one everyone kind of has its flaws in D and D. You know, that's the way that the dot. Yeah. You know, it's impossible to have perfect dice rolls. So you're always gonna have um, some stats that are shit. So yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, so one uh, one of the things is this uh, idea of dark the the dark urge, which is a final the the most recent playable origin. It looks like uh, you play this uh, like a what is it, alabaster is it? skin dragonborn that has this yeah. dark urge to you know basically be violent and, and nasty, but it looks like you might have. Uh, some kind of guiding hand over the top of you. So that'll all be played out in the game. But that looks really rad. So It's interesting um, how they say that. Yeah. They say here in Baldur's Gate 3, there is no clear-cut evil path and no path that is plainly good. There are simply choices and ramifications of those choices. So yeah. I, I, that obviously kind of reminds me a little bit of... Um, um, what is that game cap around the choices you make and how you become evil and and good fable, fable? the fable games yeah 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 yeah, um, yeah. and it's all kind of a grading a grading scale you know you can obviously go completely one way or the other um, mm. and I mean some choices I'm sure will be more inherently evil than um, you know than the the good choices but you know there I think the more morally grey kind of stuff is going to be playing into this so. Looks pretty freaking radical. Now they do talk about uh, in-game romances as well, Grizz. One, I, I really like the way they kind of talked about this because they kind of insinuated that you know they're approaching in-game romance w- without the idea of like just going into, I guess, you know, speech um, uh, mini games, trying to pick the correct. Um, you know the correct out answer to get the the fucking sex scene. Uh, it seems like the cool thing about this is they're trying to weave in you know a bit of imperfection within relationships and how those kind of you know transpire over time and you know the actions you you have together as you know a, a couple or whatever else um, and how they kind of impact your relationship. 
uh, in the over the the kind of lifetime of the game, it it sounds pretty rad, you know. So does, just kind of yeah. saying here, mm. like, um, uh, so for example, uh, yeah, where am I? Oh, I had a I had a really good. Uh, where was it? Uh, the path to intimacy. The path to intimacy also varies greatly for each relationship along the course of the game. A companion like Lazelle who exudes sexual energy at the beginning of a relationship can take time to let her guard down, making the act of holding her hand all <laughs> the more intimate. Mm. You know, little things like that I think are going to be really interesting, see how it, it, it kind of plays out. And then obviously you're going to have, you know, the complete uh, other side of the spectrum where you're having sex with druidic bears. So, a druidic bear, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. Uh, We're yeah, looking forward very- to that one. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but very fucking cool. Now, the other thing is they added a new crafting feature. Uh, looks like their yeah. uh, alchemy is being added, uh, which is pretty rad. They've also mm-hmm. announced that there's another major villain coming in. Uh, they've announced that uh, villain, villainous person. Uh, I'm not going to sort of talk about it in here because I think it's kind of spoilery, but um, what I will say that... Uh, this particular person is voiced by uh, the voice actor for Lady Demestric Sue from uh, Resident okay. Evil Village. So mm-hmm. that's Maggie Robertson. Pretty rad. Uh, yeah, and she won yeah. some awards, didn't she, Cap, for that role, I believe? Uh, yeah, I believe so too. Yeah, I can't remember what awards they won, but uh, they, they most certainly did. Uh Apart from that, uh, they kind of talked a bit more about uh, split-screen co-op multiplayer. Um, Excellent. The fact yep. that they're working towards that. Um, I don't know if I'd want to play the game like that split-screen. Grizz doesn't really leave an awful lot of real estate. No, and I think it would only be great for couch co-op. I was, you know, if yeah. you've got a PC, you'd want to be playing it online with someone. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd really be interested to see because they're putting a lot of effort into the split-screen multiplayer, and we'll go through this um, shortly, but um, mm. I, I would love to see the breakdown of how many people just play it over the internet for, slash land versus how many people actually playing this thing split-screen. So that'll be interesting. Um, but, yeah, um, other than that, uh, yeah, basically some shit about cinematography, um, some other shit. Uh, also, they are just letting everyone know that you can definitely stream uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Don't worry. They're not going to be putting hey. uh, cheeky little uh, DMCAs on you. And they've also mm-hmm. including option men- menus for Twitch and uh, kick streamers uh, to remove nudity and disable the showing of genitalia. Okay. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Interesting. They're also um, going to be having some Twitch integration, Grizz, which will excite you. So once enabled, uh, let's viewers see your party, track quests, and vote on dialogue oh, wow. options. That's great they're considering that stuff, mate. That's, I think it's really important. just makes oh, the viewer absolutely. experience all the better. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, think about how big a marketing tool Twitch is, right? So I think it's oh. within their best interest to include something like this, right? So Yeah. Game devs are realizing that slowly, aren't they, Capo? I mean, Devolver Digital, I feel like, really pushed that hard the whole, you know, you please you get the Twitch audience and then the sales will come after the fact. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um now that's basically the entire um community. Um, outline, but um, just wanted to kind of quickly cover the fact that they are still working hard on split screen, um, like I was kind of alluding to before. So they're having big issues with the Xbox split screen because there's a sort of parity here where 
They have to develop for the Xbox uh, Series X and S. Now, the S is the weaker console. That's kind of the you know the cheaper entry price console. Um, but apparently, the Series S is really struggling to run the split screen co-op at its acceptable performance standard. Um, and I really like how Larian are kind of going in and kind of explaining what the fuck's going on during the development process because. A lot of the time, they just kind of don't, and you're kind of wondering what the fuck's going on, and you know where are the issues. But uh, they're just kind of talking about how. Um, so I'll just kind of read this bit out. Um, we have the same thing in a game uh, like Baldur's Game Three, where it's all fine and well if you have one character walking around a city, but if you have the party split up, there's four characters going in four yep. different directions. Mm-hmm. They start doing crazy shit and doing fireballs. There's a lot of simulation that has <laughs> to happen on the screen and one yeah. that's taxing that requires memory. So, you know, mm-hmm. having four di- separate things moving out in different directions obviously requires that memory, which, you know, the Series S doesn't seem to have. Um, it's apparently it's running really well on the PlayStation 5, but Microsoft requires you to develop games um, that can be targeted for both the X and S consoles. So, yeah, mm. that's why the release date for the Xbox consoles has been kind of delayed is because they're trying to figure out how the fuck they get this to work. And Pretty that kind of comes back to my question is, you know, is it really that fucking important, guys? Uh, just bring it on next gen, Cap. Fuck. Just yeah. get rid of it. Make it develop- easier for the developer. But, yeah. well, Cap, I, mean, I remember... Um, gen technically. Just FYI, because mm. that's the Series X and S are next gen consoles. It's just the X is the strong console, and the S is like the, you know, Mum went down and bought the oh, maybe $10, maybe then yeah you know, maybe. dog shit I don't know one. yeah so I don't know it's interesting I, I do wonder like whether it's such it, it is a really important feature but Larry seemed to think it is a really important feature so um, trying to get it across yeah. more more different options for people to play the game. Um, it's interesting that they talk about uh, being demanding when you're playing co-op and you've got people in other directions doing things. You've got to simulate that because I had uh, major issues, Cap, I don't even remember this, but running and streaming co-op of Divinity on my PC when we played it. I was just dropping frames all over the place because I couldn't ha- PC couldn't handle it. So I think yeah. it, is quite, it is quite taxing um, when you've got multiple blokes, you know, doing doing things at the same time. Yep. Well, so, exactly. Mm. And so that's obviously having a real world uh, kind of, um, you know, impression on the development of, uh, you know, Baldur's Gate 3. So I suppose we'll see what happens. Uh, last I saw was also that, uh, you know, Microsoft engineers were working with Larian to try and get this game actually working on yeah. the uh, the Xbox Series S. So it's it's really interesting. I actually think I actually think Baldur's Gate three might fucking blow up, Grizz. I think this is going to be a huge release. Like, yeah, I thought it was going to be big before, but I didn't think it was going to be as big as I actually think this is going to be. I think this is going to probably go down as one of the biggest RPGs in a very long time. I think it's going to take people by surprise. And there's another article that we had uh, in the run sheet there, Cap, but it's uh, the title of it is pretty sensational. But it says Baldur's Gate three preview, the closest we've ever come to a full D&D simulation. And yep. some of the details in that article are talking about the city itself and how um, I think there's something like, I don't know, heaps of houses, but you can you can converse with every NPC and they've gone into so much depth with each little NPC that 
there's legitimately, you might talk to someone that just looks like a normal villager and, and find out a vital clue for your main quest or even a side quest. Yeah. Like, I think there's just, sounds like they've just built so much depth into uh, the cities it's, it's, and the it's really environments cool because and stuff. That, that whole kind of approach. So what I've been doing is, because I played a little bit of Baldur's Gate 2 back in the day, but I never finished it. And I kind of mm. wanted to know what was going on in the story. So I've been watching um, a playthrough. It's, it's, it's just this guy on YouTube called Mortalis Gaming or something like that. And he has like two hour episodes of a super cut of all these um, kind of lore throughs that he's been doing for Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. And the structure of those games seems very similar to that where, yeah, you kind of need to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. And a lot of the time it can just be a fairly inconsequential, uh, you know, chat with a villager who sort of mentions something and you're like, wait a second, okay. And then you go and find this fucking letter in this random fucking bedside table in this building and that's your next big clue for how to progress the game so i kind of like that they're kind of sticking to you know uh a little bit of uh, nostalgia in terms of you know yeah. that um, side of the mm-hmm. thing so mm-hmm. it's gonna be cool I'm, I'm i'm really looking forward to this but uh one thing uh that has also happened Grizz, is this well there's been at least one delay uh of a game uh stray gods the developer stray gods came out the other day stray gods is a role-playing musical that was uh due to come out around about the same time as Baldur's <laughs> gate 3 and they've since moved their release date so obviously these guys think the same they basically said uh they're really excited for Baldur's Gate 3 as well. And, um, you know, to make sure that everyone's got time to play that game and then also play their game, um, they decided yeah. to move. So, now, um, um, very interesting. Very interesting, Cap. And they they should, Cap. Right, they should. Um, just wanted to add this, Cap. Apparently, uh, the game has uh, 174 hours of cutscenes. Uh, and more dialogue than the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy put together. Jesus Christ! Is it fully voice acted? Is that d- dialogue? Uh, I think I think it's fully voice acted. Uh, they're basically saying that no one is basically ever likely to see everything that Baldur's Gate Three has to offer. That is the sheer size of wow. uh, of the voice acting in bits and pieces. So that is just out of control, super mm. out of control, but very very, very cool. freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I guess um, fucking lock the 3rd of August in your calendar because <laughs> I most certainly am. Ted is definitely going to daycare that day, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couple of weeks solid daycare. Maybe a month cap by the sounds of things, yeah. mate. Need a couple of yeah. couple more hours. Yeah. Wait, the way he's been sleeping recently, mate, he can fucking stay there for all I give a shit. So, Yeah. But anyways, you know what? Cap, maybe it's a retreat for you and I in Bali, and we just leave the wives and the kids back home. Boulder's yeah. Gate retreat. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, dude, maybe we could we could split screen it on the Xbox Series yeah. S. Yes, <laughs> sure. You could just hire some accommodation that's like fucking ten bucks per night. It just needs TV. That's all it needs. TV. Yeah. We'll bring the TV and the yeah. odd foot rub. You know what? Well, you know, fucking well, yeah. hard gaming. You know, hard yeah. And a shitload mm-hmm. of yeah. bing tangs. Um, yeah. I like the idea of that. Um, all right, Grizz. Anyways, that was our freaking quest log, yo. Uh, what a freaking cracker. So well done, everyone. Now, I should have probably gone through this a bit earlier, but anyways, we're going to do the uh, the old OGR poll. Okay. Now, this week we wanted to know what you guys thought about the Microsoft versus FTC court battle. Now, when we released this, I, I don't think we'd had kind of full 
a full idea of exactly what the impact of the court battle was yet and then subsequently Sony signed a, a thing with Microsoft saying uh yeah bring cod to our consoles for the next 10 years please uh anyways so we asked uh, do you predict Microsoft's attempted acquisition of AKB will go through or will the deal go up in smoke and we had two options Chris do you want to go through those you got those up I sure did mate yep uh yes it'll go through or up in smokes for sure. So, yep. All we right, had eighty percent uh, of the people says uh, said yes, it'll go through, and twenty percent of the people said uh, that it would be up in smoke for sure. Cap. And so, it would appear that that eighty percent is probably correct, correct. based yep. on what we've seen. All over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you freaking go. There you freaking go. That was this week's uh, OGR poll. Uh, we release one of these every weekend uh, on twitter.com slash OGR show. Uh, so go and follow us there and keep an eye out for when we set one of these lives. It'll probably give you a good idea of what we're going to be talking about in the next episode. So if you, yeah. you know, you're a real big OGR fan, you want to keep up with the latest news, uh, that's a good way to do some theory crafting about what's going to be happening. So there you freaking go. Absolutely. There you freaking go. Yeah. Now, Grizz, I've got a little question for you, mate. Yes, mate. I'd love to know. <laughs> How's your gaming been going, mate? So, I had no gigs on the weekend, Cap, so I actually did get some gaming in. I had a big night on a Friday night, and I played a new game that I hadn't played yet. I played Only Up, which, if you're not familiar with that, it has been a hit sensation for content creators. You would have seen, if you watch Twitch... I would say more than likely your favorite content creator has played this game. It is essentially the uh, you're playing this little little boy and you've got to kind of navigate this obstacle course, which is trying to find your way up, only up. Um, extremely frustrating game, Cap, because the it's kind of like um, it's almost like Jump King, um, Pav, where like the mechanics are intuitive and easy to follow, but they're also a bit janky and sometimes you just unfairly fall down because you didn't grab hold of the ledge properly or something. So I finished the game. Thank fuck. It took me four and a half hours. I got all the way to the top and cleared the game. So I was very happy with that. But I did have some absolute cracker falls. I was two hours, 45 minutes in cap and I got to this one section and I was walking down this straight road. A T-Rex just appeared in front of me. Charged straight out for, straight for me, knocked me off the edge, and I went all the way back down to the bottom starting area. So pretty pretty heartbreaking, mate. mate that is absolutely freaking brutal. Super yes. brutal. Yeah. So there is uh there is some clips on the Twitter if anyone wants to wants to go watch that. There's also on my YouTube um up there. But you know what, man? I actually really enjoyed it. it kind of gave me once I'd beaten it, my heart was absolutely pumping in the last couple of jumps because you can fall at any time, you know. So it was yeah. kind of like a real sense of achievement to finish it, which was pretty cool. So, so what was your yeah. uh, your complete play time, Grizz? Complete play time was four and a half hours to finish the game. Yep, pretty reasonable. Like I don't know what the yeah. average play time for a game like that is, but it seems like it could be, you know, a lot longer than that. One, yes, yeah, so I did it in one sitting. I think most people do it under six if you're rarely sticking it. But you know, a lot of people fall from way far up and then just go nah fuck it because you've got to climb yeah that's it i'm not doing this fucking game again not doing that mate not doing that that. now chris did this game have a controversy about it 
or something yeah. with its uh, assets. So this or game shit. apparently had some AI assets in it, or was accused of having some AI generated assets in it, and it was one of the games that was taken off Steam when they were doing their purge. So I believe uh, this game was unavailable on Steam for like forty eight hours or something, and then it got put back up. Um, wow. Yeah. So I don't quite know what, what happened with those, but uh, well, yeah. Well, Suka in chat saying the current speed run record for it is 16 minutes. So um, yeah. fucking it's, better get dude, cranking. The speed Chris. run is nuts. Actually, you know what? I actually wouldn't mind doing my own little speed run of this just to see how quick I could do a run. Because it, it is, goes, yeah. Yeah, just to see how it goes. It is quite fun and it would be interesting. Surely it's got to be less than four and a half hours cap. Surely, mate. Surely. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, well, well, well. Yeah, you should give it a crack. I've watched that. Grizzly's yeah. fucking only up speedrun. Wait, only up? Is that what it's called? Only up, yep, only up. Yeah, you should okay. watch a cap. It is actually pretty entertaining to to watch. But uh, the other game that I've been playing, Cap, um, me and my brothers have been looking for a co-op game just to mess around with, and I uh, got him into Terraria. So we did start a oh, fresh sick. Terraria world that we're kind of yeah. working our way through. Um, fuck, man, that game is so good, honestly. I think I've got like 250 hours in it or something now. It's just very well-designed yeah. game, mate. If you haven't given that a tickle, that's worth your time right there. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing I like about Terraria is it's kind of like, and I think we might have had this discussion before, it's kind of like the, it's it's what I want from Minecraft in a lot of ways, but I wish mm. Minecraft did it, not Terraria. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah look, a lot of people aren't stoked with the art style, I guess, because it is quite zoomed out. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's hard to get used to. But the, I don't know whether the game mechanic would work in another way because the the movement abilities come so important later to navigate around the bosses. If you weren't zoomed out, you just couldn't do what the game's asking you to do. So yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, from a game yeah. design standpoint, yeah, you're, you're probably fucking spot on. Interesting to so. see where they take number two, Cap, because apparently that is supposed to be coming a long time ago. We're supposed to hear some news about it at some point in time. So I wonder whether it will be they'll heavily um, use Terraria 1 for inspiration for the art style or whether it will be something completely new out of the box. So yeah. it's an old game now, dude. How when, when did that come out? I'd be curious to know. And just so people know, this is like... I think it's one of the most highly rated games on Steam ever, I believe, Terraria. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, it is. Uh, 2011, mate. So we're talking like, yeah, long time, over 10 years. Wow. Okay. Interesting. 12 years. Hmm. Yeah. That's hectic, isn't it? That's a lot. So they might have made a fucking significant sum of money off that game, I would oh, imagine. Absolutely, mate. Heaps. Heaps of money. Yeah. Big package bondulage. Oh, good on it, mate. Well, they, uh, you know, and hopefully they continue to 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 add on it. So yeah, they yeah they keep they keep doing it, mate. They just keep putting new content in there. So yeah, good always it. good to go yeah. check it out. Uh, but good that's good my gaming, mate. What about you? How's your gaming going, mate? What have you been doing? You've been playing. Yeah, it's been good, mate. I finished Final Fantasy sixteen today, which was a big one. Finished it. Yep, Wee. it's done. It has been done. It is over. Um, I've thrown the fucking ring into Mordor finally. So, um, oh, man, I was equally stoked to have finished it and like in the sense that, oh, thank fuck that's over, but also, man, oh, damn, that's over. So <laughs> um, I don't know. I've got a, it's a, it, my opinion on the game is the same, really. Um, I think the combat 
is visually just awesome and uh, looks fucking great, but it does suffer a little bit from lack of complexity uh, in just the sense that, you know, there is a real sort of standard way of tackling every single fight. There's no real, there's nothing that really promotes you from varying up your build too much, um, you know, in the sense of like, you know, enemy um, uh, strengths and weaknesses and resistances and stuff like that. Uh, Even just little things like, um, I I don't know, just, yeah, the the combat ultimately doesn't really promote you to do an awful lot outside of the same shit every single time. So, um, uh, but the, the combat is gorgeous. And when you do go into the Godzilla mode fights, they also look fucking un- unbelievable. Like some of the most battles yeah. I've had in that game have just been like some of the best cinematic experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, you know, one particular fight with a icon called Bahamut. Holy fuck. When that happened, I was just shitting my pants. It was just mental. <laughs> um, nice. But then you have these moments in the game where you're just fucking you've just fought a God and then all of a sudden I'm back to fucking collecting flowers for Martha down the street. And it's just like, this feels weird, man. This is just bizarre. So there's a, there's some pacing issues there and it feels very much like the MMO roots of the development team are showing quite dramatically. And I don't know if that translates yeah. particularly well. Um, the side quests did improve towards the end of the game where they kind of eventuated into some wider story arcs. Uh, and those felt pretty good once you kind of got there. Um, but ultimately I did, I did enjoy my time with the game. I think, you know, I I do really wish that the game was a little bit more complex and, um, you know, the itemization and gear wasn't so fucking boring. Um, but yeah, I mean, great story. I really enjoyed the story actually. And I thought the characters were just incredibly well, um, voice acted and, um, you know, by the end of it, man, I was like real sad with, you know, when it kind of finished up and mm. all of the main events kind of happened. So it, it definitely had a, an emotive kind of response from me. So I definitely got, uh, got uh, you know, 10 out of 10 capos in the story department for sure. Nice. So, so, so Cap, they obviously tried to make it, well, from, from I haven't seen much of it, but uh, a bit more dark and gruesome and bits and pieces. Do you think that uh, was a positive for Final Fantasy, for this for the story, for this particular game? Do you think that? played a part in absolutely yeah, yeah I, I, it's it's not like it's not like r-rated or anything it's it's probably more of an m15 plus mm. kind of um improvement but i mean you know that's that's a vast improvement on the usual pg 13 plus kind of um story that you get from a final fantasy game and um I don't know. I just think I think they're a bit more um, adult with the way they handled a lot of the themes uh, there wasn't any kind of hyper um kind of naff or kitsch kind of moments um you know here and there there was some silliness but nothing like what i've sort of experienced in previous final fantasy games i think ultimately the story was a lot more adult and um, i think that served it really well and i think the story you know some people sort of mentioned online and stuff that i read that they thought that the story kind of fell apart around about the halfway mark and i don't know if i really agree with that i actually thought the direction that the story took um, was, uh, mm. you know, pretty well um, laid out. I think it was very easy to probably miss a lot of stuff because I think people were probably skipping a lot of shit by the yeah. middle part of the game because there was just so much skippable shit. So, um, but yeah, you think the, um, yeah. the side the side quest bloat not being meaningful might have derailed that main story a bit for some people. 
Yeah, potentially. I think I I did every single side quest for some really? fucking unknown yeah. reason. I don't know why I bothered, but um, I, I I think you could have quite easily played the main storyline of that game and had a really good experience. Um, mm. But yeah, I think I think where it really needed a bit more work was was probably just the complexity of the game systems. There's just I think about my other Final Fantasy experiences and just think, fuck, you know, I, I used to you know, love working with the materia system and, and how that kind of had implications with my party and my build and, and, you know, mm-hmm. the different slots that I have working with and, and the different special weapons you could find or, or craft or whatever else. And there was crafting and, and bits and pieces in this game, but it was, it was very, it just kind of felt like you got them piecemeal anyway. And, and the, the whole idea of you having these gear slots was almost inconsequential because, you kind of just got it given to you on a silver platter over time anyway. It just didn't feel great. Yeah. So, And yeah. maybe translating those gear slots and mechanics into a real-time combat is also more difficult, I don't know, compared to yeah. the old previous Final Fantasy games. Or, uh, although well, you've probably got a better idea with the 7 Remake. Like, does it feel okay? I was going to okay say, 7 Remake did that? a reasonable job of it. And, you know, mm. they seem to maintain a reasonable amount of complexity and, and whatnot in, in that. I think... I think, in all honesty, I think seven seven's kind of bridge between action and RPG um, components in their combat design. Um, I think they did a better job of it ultimately. But I mean, Final Fantasy 16's visual and mm-hmm. cinematic prowess was just on fucking show, big time. Like, there's so many moments in that game where I was just fucking like fist pumping, like fucking let's go, like this is fucking sick. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I think the big thing for me and Final Fantasy 16 is I really enjoyed my time with it. I'm glad it's over because I think there was a lot of tedium in there, especially, you know, some of the bosses were just pure fucking bullet sponges and it was just fucking, you know, you do the same old fucking combos over and over again just to try and reach these stagger windows. But um, And that can get pretty fucking old. But, um, yeah, I, I think that my, my biggest thing I'm looking forward to is seeing – Square Enix apply this same template to another game and yeah. giving it that more com- um, complex kind of edge in its RPG department. Because I think if they can do that and bring in what they did with Final Fantasy 16, that's going to be a fucking like Breath of the Wild mm. level mm. fucking game, in my opinion. I feel like we kind of went through the same evolution when uh, Pokemon Arceus came out cap and it was like a groundbreaking change for the franchise and then we were excited for the next game to come out from them which kind of pieces it all together a little bit better and uh, to make what we were kind of expecting from Arceus even greater and I feel like they kind of delivered that in the in the following game so yeah yep. interesting to see whether these guys can I don't know yeah, but I agree we'll with what Mousy Fuzz has set up their cap which is I found everything around Final Fantasy 16 went weirdly quiet after it got released. I, I feel like that was the case big time. Like even yeah. seeing people stream it on Twitch, very little media coverage for me. It didn't get in front of me at all. Um, yeah. Pretty much after the release, didn't see it. I, do you know what? I, and I think the reason is because it was honestly just a, 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 just a good game. It wasn't a, an amazingly great, brilliant game in a lot of ways. Mm. I think there's aspects of it that are um, amazing and brilliant, um, specifically, like I said, the cinematography and, and just the story. But I think, you know, it didn't release broken and buggy. Like it was 
uh, it's a really fucking well put together game. I had no bugs at all. Yeah, like, right. No T posing. Says a lot nothing. at the moment, Cap, doesn't it? When you got a game Dude, that size, yeah. I haven't seen a fucking video game release recently that hasn't like fucking crashed or you know like had major fucking frame rate issues or anything like that. This game was fucking silky smooth from fucking beginning to end. Excellent mm-hmm. fucking experience. And that's one thing that people should be praising Square Enix for is this particular title. Fuck, it was it was so fucking performant, it was out of control. Um, and it's really impressive in in this kind of, you know, um, economy of terrible fucking games releasing as, you know, early access messes uh, to wait for five patches later, you know what I mean? So Even from AAA Studios too, Cap, you know, that you expect them to do better, that kind of shit. So, yeah. yeah I think ultimately that's probably why maybe we didn't see an awful lot about it marketing-wise. I've, seen, I've mm. seen a fair bit about it, but, I mean, maybe that's just because, you know, um, my circle of things I've been doing have have kind of encompassed that, but yeah, I can see why maybe it didn't get as much. But yeah, anyways, ultimately, really enjoyed my time with it. If you're a Final Fantasy fan, I think you'll still get a fair bit out of it. But um, if you're you like a bit of a challenge, this game is not fucking challenging. I think I, I basically press the same five buttons over and over <laughs> again. So yeah, um, yeah. Now the other yeah, game man. I want to talk about real quick, Grizz, is mm. a, a game called Coffee Golf. Now this came onto my radar. Um, listening to a, uh, a podcast um, called Core Gaming. Go and check those guys out. They're a couple of uh, American guys and a Canadian dude, and uh, they are fucking excellent if you're looking for more gaming-related podcasts. But these, guy, uh, these guys were talking about a game called Coffee Golf, and it was kind of um, marketed to me by them as a golf game crossed with something like Wordle. And I was like, what the fuck? How does that work? And so basically what it is, is every day a new course comes out and you have one go at the course and that's it. You post your score and you move on to the next day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it is awesome. I've been put, putting it into our, um, our little uh, Facebook chat uh, with the dads. and uh, I was wondering what was going great. on there, mate. I haven't clued on to that. I just keep seeing you guys posting those things and I'm just kind of like, Fuck what are these guys talking about? That yeah. is that is our scorecard. So yeah, it's like this little low poly golf game where you drag, you get three clubs, you get a a driver, a wedge, and a putter, and there's this kind of like open little area with five different holes, and you just got to try and get the ball into the hole once within each five of the holes in the course there, and it records your score over the whole thing and tells you how many shots it took you to get into each hole, and uh, yeah, and then you know you can share your score card with your mates. Okay. So yeah. why is it called coffee golf? Is it because you can do it while you're sitting having your morning coffee, mate? Or I think what's that's the literally go why. I think that it yeah, literally right. takes you, you'd be lucky if it took you more than five minutes to do. Okay. Um, so, so it's like yeah, the golf. It's kind of like the golf version of Wordle, essentially, isn't it? Kind literally, of. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a lot of fun. Like so yeah, go and check that one out because it's a cracker. Um, but yeah, other than that, Grizz, that is my fucking gaming. So Very nice, mate. Now, Grizz, nice. Yes, I'm moving to the final. Final final act of this this wonderful podcast of ours. Let's fucking jump straight in. Brought to you by DJ Francesco. It's in the freaking game, Pav. I don't want to see you shaking your head at our wonderful sponsor, DJ Francesco. (laughs) Okay. Legend. All right. Mm -hmm. Diving straight in, Grizzly. Starfield fans start a 60 FPS petition (laughs) requesting developers to 
of uh, the hotly anticipated Starfield game to not release yep. the game at a 30 FPS uh, mm-hmm. standard and instead release it at 60 mm-hmm. FPS. And as you've noted there, I don't think they understand how game development works because <laughs> <laughs> I just don't yeah. even think that's possible. No, it's not possible. They just expect them to just flick, flick the switch. Why don't they just flick the 60 FPS switch cap? I don't get it, mate. I don't understand. Well, that's a good point, Grizz. Grizz, uh, you know, uh, it, it, maybe it's a big switch and they need more people to push the switch over. Mm. I don't know. You know, how many, how many uh, game devs does it take to flick the 60 FPS switch? <laughs> apparently not. Apparently more than Bethesda's got. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Well, uh, right. Capo, in other news, India uh, hits online gaming with a 28% tax as there have been some concerns mounted over possible addiction, financial losses for players, even as the sector draws investors. So there you go. What does that mean? Does that mean like if you're going to pay for a World of Warcraft subscription, you're going to have to pay like 25 bucks a month for it? Or Well, I guess so. It's like, is that anything gaming-wise? Sounds um, pretty bad. Uh, I don't know. That's... Uh, I don't know. Seems seems like a fucking lot, Grizz. Especially um, more recently, I'm pretty sure the Australian tax, uh, the, sorry, the Australian government has has uh, is doing um, a big tax offset for um, developers and stuff at the moment. So it's, it's interesting to see the uh, juxtaposition between different government approaches with gaming, I guess. But maybe Australia has a more burgeoning kind of indie development scene than what India has. I don't really know. So, Okay, you know what this is targeted at after reading this a little bit further down? It, do, it will relate to gaming, but it's mainly uh, after the revenue from fantasy gaming from Indian Premier League cricket matches. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, well, okay, that's a, a significant kettle of fish. Significant amount of dollars being poured into that, so probably the government's going, oh, yeah, we can take a couple more of those bucks from those guys, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they love their... Uh, their their cricket over there, so you know, makes sense, mm. makes a lot of sense. But yeah, there you go. Um, now, Greasely Gaming eighty six, Dave the Diver has sold one million copies. That's a lot of spondulies, actually, Grizz. Isn't that game twenty bucks? That's twenty million dollars. <laughs> Jesus Christ! How big is that dev team? That small little dev team, or what? Um, I think in the credits there was probably like ten people working on it. And I think they were mm. Korean or something like that, which is kind of rad. So, wow. um, yeah, that's 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 cool. I think that game's kind of just kind of going from from um, from strength to strength. Really, it's definitely a, a fun little game worth playing if you haven't seen it or whatever. You know, go fucking scuba diving for fish, catch the fish, go and cook them up in your sushi restaurant at night, and then you know the next day go and look for Atlantis. Pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Absolutely. Very fantastic game. I've streamed it a couple of times and yeah, really good. And I love the my favorite part of the game cap is the fish are actual species of fish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And They're every time you spear fish. one, it gives you a little uh, description of, you know, what the fish is, where you find it in the environment and everything else. So pretty cool, mate. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, being a marine biologist, I, I can imagine it definitely scratches that itch for you. It does. Yeah, it does for sure. Um, hey, Kat, Bungie has won a 400K lawsuit against a Destiny 2 player who threatened and harassed Bungie's community manager, setting a precedence about harassment like this in the industry. So when you go to get angry because your game's delayed, don't go give the developers death threats, guys, because you might end up with a 400K lawsuit on your hands. Yep, exactly right. And um, that's that's a lot. 
that's that's a fucking that's a lot. So um, you Love know, and, and fair, you know, if you're gonna be a dickhead like that, and yeah. you know, as far as I'm concerned, get fucked. So yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Now, Grizz, um, Baldur's Gate three has leapt up the Steam charts after Caging Runt <laughs> found out that there's a bare sex scene in the game. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, he's uh, pre-ordered every single copy he could get his hands on. So there you go. Interesting. Um, Cap, Genshin Impact voice actor actors claim they haven't been paid for over six months now. That's not good. That's a it? lot of months to not be paid for something you've done. Yeah. And kind of fucking annoying. So Overdue since December 2022. Dang. Brutal. All right. Um, now, Grizz, uh, Rainbow Six Siege Cheetah gets three years community service for swatting a f- oh the French Ubisoft God. office. <laughs> yeah, probably deserved. I reckon, I, in all honesty, I reckon that's prison time. I don't reckon that's fucking community service. I, you know what you're fucking doing. You're being a real fucking cockhead. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You deserve a bit of time in the slammer, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, interesting. There you go. Very interesting. Uh, new EA studio, Cliffhanger Games, announces upcoming title based on Marvel's Black Panther. Um, it's a new single-player action adventure game set to explore the vibrant world of Wakanda. So that's pretty cool. Wakanda. Very fucking cool, mate. Keen mm. for that. Um, oh, am I keen for that? I don't know. Maybe I am. I actually watched the um, the most recent Black Panther movie and I actually thought that was pretty good. So... Uh, I don't normally get into superhero movies, but um, that was a pretty that was a cracker, and um, yeah, I, I think um, I think it'll translate well into a video game exploring Wakanda, and okay. um, if it's open world, that could be pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right, Grizz, Team Fortress Two has broken its highest concurrent user number on Steam. What two hundred and fifty three thousand? Were they all Red Snow or what? <laughs> oh my god, I fucking love that guy. Good question. I don't, it may be. Um, but, uh, I mean, a bit of extra kind of investigation into this. Um, it seems like, well, they did, firstly, they did release a update where they released mm. a bunch of extra community maps into the into the wild. Um, but someone noted on Reddit uh, in that when you inspect the Steam kind of like play account or daily play account, Whereas CSGO kind of has peaks and troughs um, yeah. of um, kind of player base, uh, TF2 stays remotely consistent throughout the day, which implies this- that they've got a very big bot count. Yeah. Is this people grinding bots for hats and shit? Hats and things? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, at one point, those hats could be sold for a reasonable amount of money, and I think people still try oh, and sell God. them for money. So, yeah, yeah right. I think that's that's basically what it amounts to. Um, but, yeah, see if we can go, Grizz. Interesting, mate. Um, Cap, EA is seemingly hiring for a third Star Wars Jedi game. The director of the series has said he hopes to make a trilogy. So, um, I haven't played the most recent game. Have you you gave it a tickle, didn't you, Cap? I did give it a tickle. I never finished it because uh, Tears of the Kingdom came out and kind of mm. usurped my time. But I'll probably go back to it eventually. Actually, I finished two games this year, Grizz, which is better than last oh, year. I don't think I finished a nice. single game. Yeah. So yeah. and yeah. those were two. They're pretty two pretty fucking big games. Final Fantasy VI and Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. So pretty impressive, especially when I'm a dad. You know, I haven't got an awful yeah. lot of time for games. So you know, get it done. Um, but yeah, all right. Now, Grizz, the mm-hmm. freaking Gex trilogy 
is oh coming to next-gen consoles. Do you ever see the Gex games? <laughs> yeah, I played them back in the day for sure. It's the Gecko with the cool glasses and stuff, isn't it? Is that the, is yeah. That the yeah? He's, he's yeah. kind of like the Austin Powers slash James Bond of the <laughs> fucking gaming world, essentially. Um, mm. There's a lot of, you know, Gex is literally a Gecko. He's like a... I don't know. He's just he's just a secret agent that's doing things. And so, are these getting uh, yeah. uh, remade? Cap, or are they just releasing the old ones onto next gen consoles in fucking all their glory, uh, low poly well, stuff? I, I I don't know exactly what's going on. I think it's probably just a re release, not maybe a slight remastered, not a remake. That's for sure. But um, apparently it's through the science of the carbon engine. So I don't even know what that right. fucking means. But um, but yeah, I don't know. There's there's some there's some pretty funny shit that was going on in those games. You know, a lot of like allusions to you know spy film tropes and stuff like that. So yeah, fun mm-hmm. games. Um, Cap. Uh... So a newer controller coming out for PS5. It is the the Access controller. Launches globally on December 6. It is a extremely highly customizable controller. controller. Um, pictures you see of it, literally you can like piece together uh, all the buttons and bits and things in, in, in different configurations and, and whatnot. Uh, yeah. Thoughts on this cap? Is this come? Do they have one of these for PS4 or something, or where is this come um, from? They've got one of these for uh, Microsoft's. Got their own one. It's like like an accessibility controller for you know people with motor skill issues or whatever else. So yeah. um, Sony's kind of coming on board with their own version of this, which is very fucking rad. So my opinion, yeah. fucking yeah, do it. Great nice. idea. Good on them. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, Grizz. Hate to break it to you, mate. But uh, as far as we're aware, there's no Deus Ex games that are in development. Right. Never played so, a Deus Ex game, so that doesn't upset me too much, Matt. Well, you're not going to be playing one anytime soon either. So <laughs> there you fucking go. But uh, yeah. speaking about that, and there you fucking go, there's the fucking show, mate. That's it. It's all over. That's it. We did well it. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Well done again. Another week's worth of uh, gaming news, reviews, and banter for you. Uh, really appreciate everyone hanging out in uh, the Twitch chat every uh, every Monday. Uh, you know, legends such as Cajun Runt, Ho and Honey, Kamikaze Cracker, Sukai, Mousy Fuzz, uh, just a bunch of other fucking legends. Thank you so much yeah. for being here. You guys uh, listening at, uh, in your own uh, podcast land, you can join us every Monday night from 7 p.m. AWST on twitch.tv slash Radio. Otherwise, we are available on all major platforms. Uh, you can find all of our social links, link to our Discord, fucking link to Twitter, etc. cetera, uh, on at, by going to ogr.show, uh, and you'll find links to literally everything there, apart from the Twitch, so you've got to go and do that one manually. That's okay. Don't worry. You can figure that out. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, make sure you follow us on Twitter for those juicy freaking OGR polls. Again, link in the on OGR.show, um, but it's twitter.com slash OGR show if you want to go to our Twitter directly. Uh, we post a uh, poll every freaking week. Um, so get your freaking your freaking head around that one. Uh, and then, yeah, if you want to become a Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash OGR show as well and pay us money. Um, you know, it costs, costs fucking money to keep these freaking lights on, you know, pay for freaking domains and shit like that. So if you want to help us do that, you can. Um, and thank you to all those of you who do already. Uh, but yeah, anyways, look, that's the show. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, we'll see you guys next week on Monday on the Oceanic Gaming Radio.
File.